So you're actually going to publish this each one. I generally thought we were going to, uh, I was going to have to add five to every podcast episode number <laughs> instead of four, just to. Uh... What can, I, I had one of those neck Mohican moments in the shower on Saturday night. It's like, crap, I haven't pressed publish. I haven't done it. <laughs> Why don't you publish straight away? Like, What's the thing with you waiting until? Well, when I say I hadn't pressed publish, it means I also hadn't done all the other steps before it, including <laughs> editing it and downloading it, downloading it, editing it. Oh, it was what? kind of a sequence. We are events. professionals here. There's nothing to edit. You literally, <laughs> after we hit end you say download and then upload and hit publish that's Look, all you have to is, do this is from one take malik one yeah. take malik has spoken and also if you want professionalism you know which other podcast you need to listen to right <laughs> no i don't you're listening to the host unknown podcast Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are joining us. And welcome, welcome one and all to episode 166. Good enough. Of the Host Unknown podcast. Uh, welcome, dear listener. We, uh, we, well, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. We know it was a little bit late last week. Uh, I, bl- well, I blame Javad, frankly. Um, just, just, just because he's there. And you need a scapegoat, right? Yeah, no, no. the scapegoat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Especially yeah. given the trouble we've had with the jingles just now as well. So, we're, and also we're, we didn't expect Jeff to be here this week. Well, so that, it was, this yeah, too. This too. <laughs> that kind of threw us off. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of awkward, actually. You know, yeah. I was. I was Graham turned way. up, and Carole turned up, and then all of a sudden Jeff turned up, and it was like, uh oh, <laughs> awkward. <laughs> <laughs> do do why not i mean <laughs> oh yeah so i was actually away i wasn't going to be back today but, were you uh, not no 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 but well... um no i i was gonna show up just maybe not from home that's all. oh okay okay you couldn't have done that any other times i don't know I don't no know. <laughs> so see so, so you've been away this week um good times work right presumably yeah. Presenting, doing all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Yay. Andy, <laughs> how are you? Good. Thank you very much. It's been a great week for me. Fantastic. Why so good? Uh, because why not, hey? I'm just trying to lift the mood. <laughs> <laughs> Like if you could see me, I'd be here dancing, like you know, da, 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 da. like you know, trying to just trying to lift the mood. Tom, how was your week? Oh, it was very good. <laughs> it was very good. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I was in London all week. That was nice. Uh, dinner with friends. Dinner with work colleagues. Uh, did a little bit of work in between times. Uh, came back this morning. Uh, got a little bit of uh, Lego fun come through the post as well. We see uh, your Lego. It's actually pretty... Um, no, it, it's more than an obsession now, Tom. It is actually probably something you need help with. Yeah. Um, Do like, you know what? The thing yeah. that tells me I don't is I go on Instagram and I see people who say, come here, and they, they go down a set of steps and they open up this basement that is filled with shelves upon shelves upon shelves 
filled, absolutely filled with Lego, and I think goals. You know, I am I am merely just a, a beginner at this. Unbelievable. So, so yeah, I I don't feel too bad about it actually. You know how, like, some people, they take the cyber obsession a bit too far and they have NFC chips implanted in their fingers and magnets and yeah. everything. So, Why would you have magnets? I'd, what, so you can stick to the fridge door or something? Whatever, yeah. But um, they're like, hey, I'm my five-year-old kid's, like, painting from school. So, like, they stick themselves on the fridge. But uh, <laughs> if you take off your shirt, do you have those Lego circle things in your back implanted so you can, like... <laughs> Connect your Lego to... nipples. Yeah. <laughs> he's part of a club where he, uh, yeah, he swings with other Legoers. Yeah, yeah. So they check if they're compatible or not. By, by... <laughs> <laughs> or, or do you have to work your way up? Do you start at Duplo level and then you Duplo, go all the way up yeah, exactly. to like Lego technique or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know what is it? An adult fan of Lego, an Eiffel. I think is the, is, the, is the phrase. Oh, it sounds like that, but I don't think that's what it. <laughs> that's how it's spelled, yeah. <laughs> Talking of things that sound rude but really aren't, shall we see what we've got coming up this week? Uh, this week in Infosec reminisces about simpler passwords. Rant of the week looks at a layer 8 problem. Billy Big Balls is the SEC no longer messing around. And Industry News brings the latest greatest news stories from around the globe. And Twitter of the Week could be a trip down InfoSec memory lane. So let's move on, shall we, to our favourite and memorable part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call... This Week in InfoSec... It is that part of the show. We take a trip down InfoSec memory lane with content liberated from the Today in InfoSec Twitter account and further afield. And our first story shall take us back a mere 12 years to, I want to say, in or around the 18th of July 2011, when Microsoft Hotmail announced that it would be banning very common passwords such as 123456 and I love cats. Uh, and so it appeared this story, they actually announced it on various dates because I did a bit of research this week to actually fact check stuff. Um, it, the, first, the story did first appear around this week in sort of 2011, um, but it also came up again in 2021 and sort of 2018. And, you know, they seem to announce it a lot. Um, but the general consensus at the time, and this tells you uh, what was going on at the time, is that this was a wise move. Uh, and so one of the commentary was, as data from the Gorka password hack, the HB Gary federal hack, and the Booz Allen Hamilton hack, and many others have shown, obvious passwords are abundant. Uh, so if you consider, do you remember those hacks? They were like big news HB stories at the time. Gary, day. bloody hell. That goes yeah, no. Isn't it? I know, fantastic Lost. stuff. But uh, yeah, so they said, uh, you know, people consistently choose poorly. Blocking the use of these obvious passwords might be a little annoying for those who want to use them, but it's a move that's in everyone's best interest. Was this one of the um, first one, first occasions that a company passed this kind of rule, as it were? Or made I, think, I think it was certainly a company of that size. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if I consider like the amount of accounts I've lost because I used <laughs> rubbish passwords... 
um and they were just you know someone else hacked them or but you know they were accounts i didn't care about it's not like you know they were used for various um shenanigans testing activities test 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 accounts um but also at the time which i like in 2011 was um they said and if if an account does get compromised there's a new feature to handle that situation too so if a friend on hotmail sends you spam or fraudulent mail you can now report that their account is hacked the feature called My Friend's Been Hacked will block their account so the spammer can no longer use it. Next time your friend tries to log in, they'll have to go through an account recovery process. Now, I do not ever remember this going no. mainstream. No. no. And I'm wondering whether it's because it would be abused. Because oh, if yeah. you guys... I would, I would literally click My Friend's Been Hacked every time you guys sent me an email. That's right. <laughs> Just for the sheer hell of it. Well, in fact, the only email you'd get from us is an email saying, we think your account's been hacked, you need to reset your password. So let's face it, yeah. I mean, it would be a, like a perpetual energy machine, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yes, but uh, yeah, I don't... Obviously, the password feature list from Hotmail, that's made it mainstream. And, you know, I think you can get plugins for your corporate Azure Active Directory and stuff these days. So, um, you know, very useful feature. Other one, I don't think that's happened, but it's something that, you know, Instagram and the likes of those could probably benefit for. Yeah. Um, certainly a lot of social media accounts. But yeah, no, good times. Yeah. Um, but our second story takes us back a mere 33 years to the year of my birth, believe it or not. <laughs> Again. Um, <laughs> why do you laugh? What, what's so funny about that? So this is the 27th <laughs> The 27th of July, 1990, uh, the case of United States v. Riggs was decided. Uh, so Robert J. Riggs, a.k.a. Profit, had stolen the enhanced 911 or 911 file from Bell South. And then co-defendant Craig Needorf, a.k.a. Night Lightning, had published it in Frack magazine. Uh, now, I love this story, and this is like one of those true sort of like trip down InfoSec memory lane. So I used to read a lot of books on my train journey into London when I first started working in, the, in London in the late 90s. Uh, and this story was covered in, uh, do you remember Bruce Sterling's book called The Hacker Crackdown? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Fantastic book covering Operation Sun Devil and all that. You know, the, it was about the the hacker community thriving in the, like, the late 1980s. Um so Frack Magazine was one of the most popular platforms for sharing information back then. Um, knowledge, exploits related to computer systems, telecommunications, all of that. One of the contributors to Frack was uh, Craig Needorf, a.k.a. Night Lightning. Uh, and in 1989, he published an article called Frack E9, uh, E911, uh, The Theft of Services. And it detailed the inner workings of the 911 emergency call system in the U.S., um, and it specifically discussed vulnerabilities in the enhanced 911 system of Bell South, which is a you know tele- telecoms company. Um, now that article, it, you know, the information clearly raised concerns across the authorities. We know what it was like back then, like you know, people saying, "Oh, you're going to bring down satellites or whatever by whistling down a phone." Um, so Bell South accused Needorf and um, Profit of stealing this information uh, from their telephone. Uh, company said it's like sensitive information proprietary all about the company's emergency services so as a result of this publication 
um, they both got arrested. They faced legal troubles, charged with various offences from like computer fraud, unauthorised access to computer systems, theft of intellectual property. Um, Needle for Lung was facing 31 years in prison after he was arrested. Uh, and he was charged with, you know, receiving this, doc- this stolen document from Bell South and distributing it online. Um, and Bell South, you know, in their defence, they said this document, it's, it's the inner workings of the uh, the enhanced 911 system. Uh, it's worth 80,000 US dollars. Uh, you know, and they came to this figure. They, they showed their workings, included the, the value of the VAX workstation that the document had been typed out on. Right. You know, so this is how, the, you know, things were done. In fact, so this case, it actually got, you know, so much attention. It was a massive landmark trial in the history of hacking and sort of Internet culture. Um but obviously, from the sort of hacker culture side, they lots of people saw it as um, an attack on the freedom of information and a crackdown on the hacker community just in general. Um, but the charges were dropped when it was revealed that the document was not as initially described, you know, this source code and inner workings of the system, but rather it was a memo. Uh, and a more detailed document could actually be ordered direct from Bell South for $13. Um, and so you know this this whole thing it was just but the whole episode sort of um, you know highlighted the the ethical and legal challenges surrounding the sharing of information back in the hacking community Um, the you know probably one of the first the first cases of responsible disclosure you know that the need for responsible disclosure or sort of respectful engagement when dealing with sort of confidential information. Um, But the proceedings formerly known as United States v. Riggs, as we said, but this was also the catalyst for the founding of the Electronic Frontier Foundation. So this story alone is just just full of history. This is like the origins. This is like the prequel. To the EFF. This is your origin story. This is Rogue One, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. It is funny, like you you read the story and it's almost like walking out of a restaurant with a menu and then getting charged for stealing like secret recipes. It is. Or not getting charged for the food that is on the menu. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's just ridiculous. You see how far, you know, well, how far removed from reality the the prosecution was back in the days. And and, well, yeah, last week we spoke about Kevin Mitnick as well, and like some of the charges that he would yeah, put yeah. against him, and like so many. And, and you know what? It reminds me of, and I can't find any mention of this uh, online. But years ago, um, before the uh, Computer Misuse Act and everything, someone, uh, a couple of guys, broke into the royal family's. Um, they had something that was a prequel to CFAX or something. It was just like right, um, and a. a TV programming thing or, or something like that. Minitel or something like that. Maybe something like that. And then they found them, but they couldn't find a law to prosecute them under. <laughs> and, and so what they did is they charged them with with theft of electricity because oh, when they brilliant. logged in remotely, it caused the disk to spin up, which used more electricity for Buckingham Palace than otherwise it would have. And so which we pay for anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. See, the authorities don't change. They will, they will find something to pin on you. Yeah. yeah, I just can't believe how incompetent the prosecution were in this, in this Riggs case. Given that you can order the document, you know, a more detailed <laughs> document for thirteen dollars. I, I, how could they, hand on heart, say, 
eighty thousand oh by the way there's a, there's this other document for thirteen dollars I find that very odd very it's odd. just uh, it's just bruised egos and wanting to yes. do something it's like they were hurt someone That's hurt a, their feelings exactly so it, now yeah. they wanted to do something about D- it yeah don't don't focus on the vulnerabilities in this system yeah. and all the damage it can be yeah. done <laughs> like yeah no. focus People have on exposed how much them. my butt hurts yeah <laughs> excellent thank you Andy for this week in InfoSec. Recording from the UK. You're listening to the Host Unknown podcast. Now, our more astute listeners may have worked out that the uh, the jingles that are going to be used in this episode. <laughs> are the same as the jingles that we used in the last episode that Jav and Andy edited and recorded without me. Because they're all laid out at the moment in in uh, uh, usage order, which is very handy for me, given that my system has just stopped working. You're welcome. Yes, my pleasure. <laughs> my pleasure? No, thank you, is what I meant to say. Let's move on to... Listen up! Rant of the week. It's such a mother... Rage. Right, this is this is a rant in in well in many parts as it as it normally is. Uh, so let's start on the on the traditional route, shall we? Virus Total today, or maybe not today, maybe the other day. This week, is, yeah. Issued a uh, a mere culpa saying a blunder earlier in the week. By one of its staff exposed information belonging to 5,600 customers, including the email addresses of US Cyber Command, FBI, and NSA employees, which probably isn't too difficult. You just, you know, john.smith at nsa.gov, you know, and <laughs> yeah. work from there. Um, but the unintentional leak was due to the layer eight problem, or, you know, otherwise known as human error. June 29th, and employee accidentally uploaded a CSV file of customer info to VirusTotal itself, said Emiliano Martinez, tech leader of the Google-owned malware analysis site. This CSV file contained some limited information of premium account customers, uh, specifically the names uh, of the customers, of the sorry, of the companies, the associated VirusTotal group names and email addresses of group administrators, so not too much. Now, why is someone uploading a CSV? Well, if you don't know, VirusTotal uh, actually allows its uh, customers and its users, its netizens, as it were, to, among other things, upload files, submit URLs, um, sites, uh, uh, and the site runs the material through various malware scanning engines to see if anything malicious is detected. So if you've got concerns about a site or a file or whatever, you upload it. Uh, the premium subscribers can then subsequently download uh, those samples, and that's how um, uh, 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 an uploaded CSV file was accidentally leaked. So it was it was posted and you know made made available. Uh, Virus Total say we removed the file, which is only accessible to uh, you know a small group of people. Blah blah blah. Uh, and the employee had this list in the first place because the customer data was critical to their role. So <clears throat> a couple of things here. One, stupid mistake. This sort of thing shouldn't happen without a shadow of a doubt. 
uh, virus total seem to have done the right thing. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of you know commentators out there who are jumping all over this and saying this is outrageous. You know, companies like this should know better. We should plan better, etc. But can we also rant about the fact that very often this, these sorts of things are taken out of context, are blown out of proportion, and we don't really need to make headline news every time somebody makes yeah. a genuine mistake, um, especially one of this nature, which, <coughs> excuse me, which... But no one died, right? No there, one died. No, yeah. no one's going to die. Well, hopefully. Well, of course, somebody will eventually, but... Uh, you know, not about this. <clears throat> and, um, you know, many much of this data is probably available on LinkedIn or easily worked out, like I yeah. said, john.smith at nsa.gov or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, of course, in this, well, I almost want to say cancel culture when it comes to, uh, <laughs> um, you know, when there are breaches or whatever, um, people... People jump up and down and shout and scream from the sidelines about, you know, how irresponsible, how terrible it is, blah, blah, blah. Actually, we need to get a sense of perspective on some of these things. And hopefully the regulatory bodies will as well. You know, so yeah. hopefully Virus Total will be looked upon. Well, it's a US company, so actually they won't be looked upon at all, probably. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, will be looked upon somewhat favorably as regards that this is, you know, you know, unfortunate, shouldn't have happened, but is in the great scheme of things, not a big deal. So, yeah, kind of a, a double-edged rant of the week. Shouldn't have happened without a shadow of a doubt. And yeah, that lower from that human being no, needs no, to completely be completely wrong. I mean, like, we shouldn't shout from the sidelines, says man who does rant off the week every week on this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, jump up and down unneedlessly. <laughs> I, I, I've been accused of many things. Consistency is not one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, what one of the problems of this is when you condone this sort of behavior, you know, while this might be a, a small thing, it's a bit like little little kid like who steals just a penny sweet from the shop, which is probably worth about 20p now, not a penny anymore. Yeah. But, you know, regardless. I when they were half a penny. You know, <laughs> and, um, you know, they grow up and they, they, they get involved in like bank robberies or something. And, yeah. and so you need to stop the rock. And it's, because it's a gateway. The, it's a gateway oh, to, That fruit salad is, is a gateway drug. <laughs> it is. Because, <laughs> and I'll just post the link in here now because I just found it while you were talking. Well, small child. <laughs> no, no, no. Rob's the Ministry bank. of Defence has launched an investigation <clears throat> after emails containing classified information were sent to a close ally of Russia. And what it is, is that the emails were intended for the US military, which uses the domain uh, name yeah. mil.mil. And they missed out the letter I, so the messages went to the West African nation of Mali. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Whose domain name is .ml. Now you see that now that you can talk about, well, people can die from a typo. I, I mean, didn't say if... it couldn't die from a typo, but the data was not confidential in that sense. This data is. Yeah, I mean, so I'm saying it's the same error. The Ministry so we of need Defense to, should we have need some be... kind of DLP or something. You, you want to nip place. it in the bud. We yeah, need to nip like, it in the bud. On. Yeah, yeah. Nip it, okay. Yeah. Right. It's a reach. I don't know, Jav. It's a reach. I, I don't know. It's... Andy would never make that. Well, he would make that mistake because his ones would autocorrect to .milf, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, unless, I own that that, that yeah. uh, TLD. Jeff's so. known for his reach arounds on these yeah. sorts of things, anyway. <laughs>
just because you don't want to admit that I'm right. <laughs> As always. No, but you are very good at them, I have to say. Right. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank thank me. That was this week's... Thank you. Rant of the Week. This is the podcast The King listens to. Although he won't admit it. Right, Jav, it's time for you to talk about your favourite criminal of the week. It's time for... So, yes, yeah, so uh, after that limp performance by Tom, um, I'll raise the <laughs> standards once around. again. <laughs> so, the SEC, the US Securities and Exchange Commission, they put the SEC in sexy have now come up with new guidance for public companies uh, that suffer a computer crime likely to cause material, and I'm using air quotes when I say material, hit to an investor will soon face a four-day time limit to disclose the incident, um, according to rules approved. This is for American companies or American registered companies? Uh, American public companies yeah so yeah. so europe has 72 hours the u.s give four days yeah okay um so so they the, the te- details are like you know um they require publicly traded firms to openly disclose in a new section item te- 1.05 of form 8-k any cybersecurity incident that has material impact on their business and they companies must make this determination without reasonable delay, according to the new rules. If they, you know, they have four days to, to make it and what have you. So it's all really, really interesting stuff. And the commentary on this has been really good across the the industry because I, I obviously don't have any thoughts on this because I'm not a publicly traded US company myself and I have no idea what form 8K is. But the the, the biggest thing is like what there's no definition really of material uh what's a material hit uh given and so every lawyer or every internal law will will just say oh you just lost 50,000 customer records that's not material uh if it had it been 55 we would have considered it being material and i think that's where a lot of this will will, will go around i saw someone on linkedin describe this as the uh sarbanes oxley for cybersecurity um, and <laughs> Most of the comments were like, yeah, but socks has teeth. Well, let's see how far this gets. Um, So it's, you know, I I get the intention and what have you. But I'm I'm reminded of of the quote that if you take a problem to a lawyer, you're going to get a legal answer. If you take the same problem to an engineer, you're going to get an engineering answer. If you take the same problem to a mathematician, it'll give you a mathematical answer. If you take a problem to a regulator, that's the kind of response you're going to get. Let's out-regulate this to, to you know, or, or let's introduce some more compliance rules and forms and what have you. When all you've got is a hammer. Yeah, exactly. I should have gone with that. That's far more <laughs> concise. <laughs> but uh, having said that, it's still a Billy Big Balls move by the SEC who, um, you know. Yeah, why? It, it, why? Well, they need something, right? It's a start. Uh, but hang on, long overdue. But it's he's a saying start. it's a it's a Billy Big Balls move for for something that's thirty percent slower than what the EU has had in place for the last God knows how long. <laughs> 
Well, you know, it, we're talking about our slightly slower cousins across the pond. Right? Let's just cut them some slack. <laughs> and, and also, I can I can see you scrabbling because it was a story you were given, right? <laughs> As every week, and like a true professional, I I take the stories I'm given. <laughs> You're leaning into it, and 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 I rule. You know, this is why I think I would be the perfect Fox News anchor. Just give you any story. <laughs> I can spin it whichever way you want. Do you know Just what? If you applied me. to be a Fox News anchor, they'd have you in a snap. I mean, yeah. you know... <laughs> I'm just asking the questions, man. I'm just stating the facts. If you, if you don't like it, I'm just reading the script, man. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is what it, this is this is what it's turned into. Like you know, they must disclose it if it's a material hit. I'm saying Billy Big Balls, and now we're we're arguing over the definition of whether this is a material story, whether it actually hits the Billy Big Balls. Are thing. these balls material yeah, enough? Yeah. So, would if if your data was leaked by a U.S. company, would you be willing for them to be indefinitely? you know, allowed to not disclose it? Or is four days <laughs> That's a, a big step forward? I think it's a big step forward, Tom Langford. And if you don't <laughs> like that, you hate freedom, you hate personal <laughs> privacy protection rules, and shame on you and the communist boat that you rode in on. And you obviously hate America. Sorry, America. Brilliant. <laughs> All right, I'll give you that one, Jeff. That was definitely uh, a very good... Uh, Billy Big Balls of the Week. You know it's good because all you can hear is the asthmatic laughing of Andy in the background. <laughs> People who prefer the Smashing Security podcast over the Host Unknown podcast are statistically more likely to enjoy the Harry and Meghan documentaries. Read into that what you will. I think, I think that... Um... That jingle's going to age like milk very, very quickly. Yeah, I think it has aged. Well, people are like, who's who's Harry and Meghan? Yeah, exactly. Like, right. <laughs> what, what's that was the last time we edited the... Uh... Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was a while ago, right? It was yeah. funny at the time. Yeah. Topical. <laughs> and talking of time. Andy, what time is it? It is that time of the show where we head over to our news sources over at the Infosec PA Newswire who have been very busy bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry News. Booz Allen pays $377 million to settle government fraud case. Industry News. Cyber attack strikes Norwegian government ministries. Industry News. Industry Coalition calls for enhanced network resilience. Industry News. Dark web markets offer new fraud GPT AI tool. Industry News. Group IB founder sentenced in Russia to 14 years for treason. Industry news. SEC wants cyber incident disclosure within four days. What are the chances of that? Industry news. Supply chain attack hits NHS ambulance trusts. Industry news. NCSC publishes new guidance on shadow IT. Industry news. OpenAI, Microsoft, Google and Anthropic form body to regulate... AI. Industry News. And that was this week's... Industry News. Huge, if true. Huge. That, that, last, that last headline you mentioned, yeah, about OpenAI, Microsoft, Google and Anthropic forming a body to regulate AI, that's like... 
NatWest, Barclays, HSBC forming a body to regulate banks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I'm interested in the story that he mentioned about the SEC once cyber incident. Just going <laughs> four days. Yeah. That sounds fascinating yeah. to me. I wonder why four days. Yeah, four, um, I mean, it's 30% slower than the, you know, the rest of the world. <laughs> Did you see that Group IB founder who's sentenced in Russia uh, to 14 years for treason? Obviously, Russia, we know, um, you know, very rigid justice process. Yeah. <laughs> so Swift this is, justice. So Firm you were, fair. Apparently, this guy was arrested in um, like September 2021 um, wow. for criticising the, the government's response to ransomware attacks. Um, and obviously, he's been sort of, you know, out of the news since because, um, you know, for reasons. Um, but his whole trial was held behind closed doors because um, they said it involved uh, state secrets and so no one else could. So they're like, yeah, it's a very swift process, but it's all like totally above board. Uh, yeah, 14 years for treason. Yeah. Uh, you know, be lucky he's not dead. Well, I'd be lucky if he makes it through to the 14 months or weeks or days. Yeah. yeah. It's it's amazing he even made it to trial. I mean, he could, he could have really fallen out of a window or something. It's just... I was going yeah. to say, they're going to give him a prison cell at the very top of the, 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 the multi-storey prison that he's in, right? Yeah. Dear me. It's such a shame. Um, and, I want to know more pro- about this um, SEC wants cyber incident disclosures <laughs> within four days. Yeah, it's a non-story. <laughs> Or it's a very bold move from the SEC, actually. It is, it is. uh... Well, it depends. I mean, I I wasn't asking you, Andy. I was asking Jav, you know. (laughs) So I'm looking at the fraud GPT circulating on the dark web and telegram channels. So there's like all these um, uh, variation spin-off of chat GPT where like worm GPT and what have you. and I've seen some. Uh, someone showed me a demo of this um, for from for a phishing perspective. Oh um, yeah, and because uh, like where I worked, they were they were they were doing a, a proof of concept to see how it could do. And yeah. uh, proof can, of concept, right? That's what the ethics committee said to call they, it, right? They can, <laughs> yeah, right. they canned it because uh, because you don't can you you just. You, there's no way of knowing how far it would take it, and that's yeah. the problem. So it would you would say send a phishing email to say Andy, um, and then you'd say okay, I've looked on LinkedIn. This is who Andy reports to. These are some of his colleagues. Is these are some people that report into him, and then they um, uh, so it will craft a very convincing phishing email, and then say, then if Andy replies to that email saying hey uh, this is very unexpected, it will reply again and it'll say like. You know, oh, I've spoken to so and so and so and so, and this and that, and it can keep the conversation going until it gets you to to believe or or, or bail out on on the conversation altogether. So it's um, you know, it, it really does streamline the the whole process. And uh, even on ChatGPT, you can ask it to say, send me uh, write an email on behalf of HR asking colleagues to. X company to fill out a Google form and it'll write a very, very good email for you. And then if you say to it, oh, someone's replied saying, I don't believe you, this doesn't look secure. It'll write a reply to that saying, we understand. And it'll be very reassuring. You'll say, we understand. Thanks for pointing it out. Security is our number one priority. Rest assured, this is all right thing. 
if you have any further queries, you can reach out to, you can read the security policy and it covers all of this. So it kind of bamboozles you with, wow. with, uh, with stuff as well. So I, I think it's, it's just going to be the more, more way to go, but um, it's, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't actually change the attack. No, it just increases the level of scale that they can attack. The speed, the scale, and you know, if, yeah. if English isn't your first language, then it, it just sorts that that issue out for you as well. Yeah. So, um, but when you look at the defenses, they're exactly the same. Is it unexpected? Is it trying to trigger an emotional response? Is, it Is there trying a to get sense me to... of urgency? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. Does, does it want me to buy some gift cards from Target? That's <laughs> <laughs> right. And why are they asking me to get them from Target? I live in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Anything else on there? I see you're hovering over the NCSC there, Andy. I did. Well, I did actually just click into it, and I just thought, actually, this is this is quite detailed. It's uh, <laughs> it's NCSE guidance, right? It's not. A, yeah. It's not going to be a quick paragraph. Uh, and on Shadow IT as well. That's an interesting one. It's kind of like quite an quite an oldish problem. It is, yeah. So they're sort of. Um, ultimately, it's important to acknowledge Shadow IT is really the result of malicious intent. It's normally due to staff struggling to use sanction tools or processes to complete a specific task. Yeah. Um, yeah Basically, so... don't uh, don't don't tell people to not do stuff if you can't tell them how to do stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So that's really pretty much. If they're res- if they're resorting to insecure workarounds in order to get the job done, this suggests that existing policies need refining, so staff aren't compelled to make use of shadow IT solutions. Policies yeah. and uh, services more to the exactly. Point. Yeah, if they're exactly. using file sharing because all you've got is a crappy old SFTP site, you need yeah. to start investing. Now, what's in wrong with SFTP? Dec- <laughs> yeah, uh, at the command line. Yeah. So well, <laughs> well, you need a GUI these days. Oh, <laughs> oh what are you, Gen Z? Jeez, yeah. man, you spoiled. <laughs> Just ask ChatGPT to write you the command line, for, <laughs> right. and it will do it for hey, you. Hey, ChatGPT, upload this yeah. file. Yes. Yeah. To, yes. To um, you type out the binary numbers yeah. for that file yeah. in the command line. Upload this file to sftp.somewhere.ml. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of just like AI and JetGPT and what have you, and this is the last, uh, this isn't on the list of stories, but I thought this was relevant. So there's a pizza maker company called Zoom and uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Z-U-M-E. Uh, and uh, okay. they... They uh, they had like a basically automated process of making pizzas, and they yeah. raised half a billion in um, in uh, in funding in Silicon Valley, but uh, they've actually recently shut down because robots could not figure out how to stop the cheese from sliding off the pizza. So unbelievable! This is you know what, like, this so, is so, like... a setup for a gag. I'm trying to work that out. No, no, it's it's an actual story. I'll I'll put it into the show notes. There you go. The, wow. This is like the do, do you remember the dot com boom where all you had to have was a dot com. Yes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden investors like VCs were chucking money at it. This sounds yeah. like that. Anything that ends like dot AI and yeah. like investors like I've got to get in on the ground floor of this one. Um, yeah. Because yeah. because crypto's gone sort of like all quiet, hasn't it? It's yeah. Like gone quiet than a sunny bono tree detector, but. Um, <laughs> I saw this actually. I was looking at some stuff yesterday about. Um, Were you just trying to order pizza? Is that how this came about? No, 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 no. 
So I, I just, if you do a search for millionaire crypto dead, there's at least four stories that come up. There's one millionaire crypto, Fernando Ferez Algaba, who was found in uh, Argentina, uh, cut into pieces and in a suitcase. Um, there's a Dr. John Forsyth, a prominent figure in the crypto space, an ER doctor was found on dead on 30th May with a gunshot wound. Uh, Bob Lee, Cash App founder, died from multiple stab wounds. And uh, B- Bitcoin billionaire Mirko Pop- Popescu drowned in Costa Rica. So um, I think there's a trend happening here. That's why you don't see many people, influencers, pushing a lot of crypto these days. Because <laughs> uh, they, they, they like, you know getting knocked off faster than like some uh, Russian informants. Bloody, that uh, Jason Bourne fella actor, he needs to look over his shoulder a little bit more because he was pushing a crypto as well, wasn't he? Man, so Musk was Dogecoin. as well, wasn't he? Musk was pushing Dogecoin. Yeah. I invested Dogecoin on the back of that. <laughs> wow. I'll tell you what, Tom, I've got these magic beans here you might be interested <laughs> in. Well, if, why don't you tell me about those cummies that you invested in? <laughs> hey, my cummies are still going strong. The are they rocket. really? What's what's your what's your gain so far? Uh, well, it, it's probably about what minus sixty three percent. I don't know. <laughs> but compared but it's to coming. Uh, it's well, I was going to say compared to Solana and some of the other coins I've got, that's not doing too badly. <laughs> like they're sort of like minus eight. They, you know, they start with a minus eighty. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, you know about my experience with really, Bitcoin selling at 7,000 about four weeks before it hit 42,000. It's like, oh, what the hell? Ridiculous. Anyway, you know, that buy, was just this. Just buy shares. Oh. Sorry, no, go on, go on. I was saying just buy shares in Lego and it will be a self-sustaining cycle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lego and Apple. Yeah. Lego and Apple. Anyway, that was this week's. Industry news. We don't research the story, but let us tell you what we think based on the headline. You're listening to Insights from the award-winning Host Unknown podcast. So coming up, we've got something we're going to have to rename, actually, aren't we? Yeah. Um, because it's now time for... Tweet of the Week. And we always play that wrongly named one twice. Tweet of the Week. X of the week, uh, Mr. The Musk, week. you will be uh, receiving a invoice for yeah. uh, us to have to change this jingle. Um, for 12 quid. <laughs> for 12 pounds. Um, this week, Dogecoin. tweet of the week is from Rufo. Uh, and they have uh, it very handily, and so this is a story from top. So we're actually like posting each other's stories this week. We right? are, we're actually feeding we? each other things to, to <laughs> post. So Tom's given me a great visual to try and explain to people. Uh, but it's a guy who has, uh, or a, a super guy. So when you get these gift card scammers that, you know, people trying to scam you and um, uh, then ask for photos of the card so they can read the serial numbers and then, like, you know, purchase them while, yeah. while they're still in your possession. And what he's done is that he sends photo. He says sending goatsy to gift card scammers. And he says I've got my first gift card scam tech, so I decided to play along. I sent them goatsy when they asked for photos of the cards. I know it's an old reference, but damn, it was satisfying. 
And uh, yeah, so I guess, I so mean, Tom, I didn't really in? understand. Well, this is what I was going to ask. I mean, what's the big deal about goats? Um, obviously, you know, they're quite fun if you like so, goats. They're quite I'll, I'll, I'll explain it because I, I know both of <laughs> you get embarrassed about this sort of thing. So goatsy <laughs> is, and, and trust me when I say this, if you don't know what goatsy is, do not search it for it. Um, or, or if you are strong stomach, do not search for it on a work device or, you know, a shared family device. Goatsy is, I don't even know why it's called Goatsy, but it's, uh, uh, it's basically a picture of a man bending over naked, as you can imagine. So last chicken in the shop already, um, you know, hanging from the window, um, with his hands, uh, how can I put it? Uh, making a large hole with his rectum. So it's quite an unpleasant thing to look at. I mean, even if you're into that sort of thing anyway, it's not, not the thing you, you, you want to look at. And it's become a bit of an internet meme. So, um, you know, there's accidental goatsy on Reddit. So there's lots of things that, you know, look like that sort of thing, etc. And so it's become a bit of a thing. And in fact... Uh, I, I'm trying to remember remember her it's, name. It's the original shock site, isn't it? Yeah, shock site. I think friends of the show, Alison, and I'm trying to remember her surname. Who uh, she, she used to be a fan of these and sending these around to everybody as well. So, um, but um, yeah, so it's it's a shock. It's a shock shock image. Yeah, and this also, is the, the old school Rickroll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the old school you know trollable Rickroll, and also sorry, mum. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, do go on. So that's it. Like you just literally, you get the scammers and you send them photos of uh, goats instead of the I actual. There was more to the story. There was more to the story, Andy. Oh, is there? I oh, how much further okay. did I go? So carrying on, gift card scammers hit me again. So they got goat seed. Think I found a new horribly stupid way to ruin a scammer's day. Is this goat sec? And then a short while later, they posted again. So it turns out that they were part of the security awareness training. I passed, but I have to talk to HR. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know what? I did not read this far through the messages. What? I thought these were just all different uh, times where he got scammers. No. <laughs> oh, man. And then, the so, third, and then the final one, sorry. The final one is to clarify all messages were sent to and from my personal cell number. No corporate assets were involved. I was asked kindly to not do that again, and I asked them not to use my personal number. <laughs> Fair play, I'd say. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely miss the fact that this was part of an awareness campaign. I thought this was just someone getting back at scammers. <laughs> that, I wondered why you didn't immediately jump on it and use it as a tweet of the week, and I had to like, you know, crowbar it into the. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> I just thought it was like a good old reference to you know the old, yeah. You know, from what I've learned today, is something called goatsy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh, Poor, God. naive, innocent Andy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Is that that's how you right. pronounce it? Go, goat C, is that correct? Go, yeah. For, for your birthday, now. Andy, we will get you a boo cake. 
I don't know what that is. It's a type of cake that you might enjoy. <laughs> boo cake? Uh, boo, boo, cake. Uh, boo, boo, boo cake? Is that, is that a... uh, Oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> Oh dear, that was... Um, I'm so lost now. That was this week's... Tweet of the week. I, I have no idea where to go from here. Um, <laughs> Home, let's call it. Let's call it. Let's call it. Jav, thank you very much. Uh, I do hope... Uh, th- well, thank you for your contributions, charm, good looks and everything else, blah, blah, blah. And I do hope uh, your weekend goes uh, swimmingly. Thank you. That's very kind of you. I, I I wonder what when the ask for money or something comes up. But thank you. Um, wishing you both the best and our listener too. Our listener. <laughs> and Andy, thank you. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Host Unknown podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, comment and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your best insults on our Reddit channel. Worst episode ever. R slash smashing security. I'm going to have a lot of explaining to do to my mother. (laughs) Good thing she's the only one that listens to the podcast. Or we'd be (laughs) cancelled so hard. I know it's too late by now, Mum, but don't listen to this one.